on this week's episode of the WNP Podcast. Who do you prefer, first overall or Mr. Irrelevant? Stay tuned. Episode 162 of the We're Not Professionals podcast. I'm your host, Mike Mitchelson, and join me today, as always, my co-host, Chase Crawshaw. Chase, how are you? I am doing incredibly swell. Thank you for asking. How are you doing today, Mike? Oh, I'm doing great. And Man, this is the first time you've come out and said you're incredibly swell in at least quite some time, if ever. So let me hear. Well, it, it was great because, uh, you know, I, I, don't, I don't sleep very well. Uh, last night was no different, but came home. Took a good three-hour solid nap, and it's the most energy I've had in a while. I've been feeling good. That's the way to do it. And uh, speaking of sleep, I talked about it with you, and I think on the Bulls broadcast last night, haven't really been getting a lot as of recent, but last night went to bed about 10, got a good eight and a half hours, and I'm feeling fantastic as well. So it's a good thing we're energized, we're ready to go, because we got a great podcast in store for the listeners today. Going to be talking very briefly about college football. Want to talk about the playoffs, the Heisman um, finalist, when they were announced, and what we expect to see going forward. Now, we are going to be doing more college football talk once the playoffs are actually near. We have a little bit to go, but then we're going to hop into a full-blown NFL episode, talk about news from around the league, talk about the Lions, and are they actually legit? I mean, they've been playing well as of recent, so we'll talk about, is this team here to stay? And we'll talk about the Chiefs, because the Chiefs have been the kings of the AFC, really the kings of the league for quite some time. Everyone's been trying to beat the Chiefs. That's what everyone's been building towards. Is that still the case? We'll talk about that. And then we have our top 10 QBs, top 10 power rankings. It's going to be a good show. Chase, let's start with the college football playoffs. It gets announced. Number one seed, Georgia, going up against number four seed, Ohio State. Well, you got number two, Michigan, versus number three, TCU. Any complaints? No, I mean, when, when, the way this played out, obviously this is, this is what you would expect. If USC could have just freaking beat Utah, what are the odds that two teams college football play each other in the same year and the one team who, according to the record, is a lesser team, can beat the other one both times? That's so frustrating. Man, I really want to see USC get in there, but they're frauds. Caleb Williams are fraud. They're all Lincoln Riley frauds. So maybe they don't deserve to be there. Nonetheless, the top three, I'm I'm kind of surprised, but I'm very happy because the top three is they should be. Um, I, I thought for sure if TCU lost the game, they'd be kicked out and they would just find a way to shove Bama in there. But they did not. They, they got TCU be in there. Um, I, I'm very proud of the college football playoff committee. I didn't think that this was going to happen. So. The way it's all shaken out, this is 100% how it should be. I, I thought no matter what, no matter what happened in the games, that Georgia, Michigan, TCU should have locked in one, two, and three, probably in that order, too, even if Michigan lost and TCU won. Like Michigan's just been dominating all year. So, I it, you know, I, I still think it should, the one, two, and three should have been locked, and then that fourth is obviously a rotational spot. So I really have no complaints all said and done. I agree. They hit the, the nail on the head here with this one, but I do have to go back. Um, chill, James. The USC Trojans, Lincoln Riley, Caleb Williams, they're not all frauds, okay? 
Let's uh, they, they clearly are. Let's call them down there. Um, Their defense are frauds. I can tell you that. Well, yeah. I mean, we talked about that before. How? Oh. And hey, what did I say last episode? I said that the last time I recall uh, a team beating another twice in one season was Utah over Baylor. I'm like, who knows? Maybe Utah can do it again. And there it is. Look at me. I'm I'm a profit. Actually, no, I'm not. It's just a lucky guess. But yeah, very. Uh, I gotta say, the only complaint that I could have had is if TCU got absolutely blown out, I would have liked to see Ohio State at number three and TCU at number four um, to see that rematch between Michigan and Ohio State because we're not going to see it, let's be honest. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba announced that he will not be playing against Georgia, so that's a a big loss for them, and he hasn't played like at all. He wasn't playing in Michigan. He's only had, I think, five total receptions on the year, but he announced that he's declaring for the draft, and... Uh, he wished he would able to come back. Not going to be the case. So I don't think Ohio State sees the championship, but who knows? Um, but yeah, TCU they kept the game close, so Ohio State goes at four. You know, makes sense. But I mean, let's be honest. I'm going to interject here. Even if JSN was back, how much of a difference is that going to make at this point when Georgia's just kind of been Georgia this year? Like I, I don't think it would have mattered. Yeah, I mean, I think if he's fully healthy, um. I think it would make a difference. Does it change the outcome? I don't know. Uh, but having Marvin Harrison and Jackson Smith and Jigba, the presumed Bolitnikoff winner and the you know early favorite for the Bolitnikoff, having them on either side of each other would be pretty, pretty daunting. That's for sure. I mean, it'd be exciting, and it obviously helped them not get murdered, but. It's, I still think they'd maybe get like an extra touchdown out of it at the, at the end of the day. That, that might be it. See, my perfect situation, perfect scenario would have been TCU getting blown out and then it'd be Ohio State at number three, Michigan at number two, Jackson Smith and Jigba does play to see what that game would look like. Uh, obviously, Michigan blew them out the first time, but uh, I talked about it, how there was a lot of uh, you know, Hail Mary, big plays that Michigan got. And I don't know if they played again, if Michigan would still be able to rack up four miracle touchdowns. Not miracle touchdowns, but you know what I'm saying. Big play touchdowns. Um, it, it would be an interesting matchup, but I don't think we'll ever get it. So Probably not. All right, let's not talk about the Heisman as that gets announced. I know you have a little bit more of a gripe with this one than the playoffs, and that's because Caleb Williams, C.J. Stroud, Max Duggan, they're in it, but we also see Stetson Bennett. I mean, at this point, just, just throw J.D. McCarthy in there instead of Caleb Williams if you're going to make it a college football playoff commercial because, like, this is it's stupid. I mean, we all know that this is Caleb Williams' trophy to lose. I, I don't think there's anything that could be done for him not to win it, but was Max Duggan a top-four player in the league you know, in the NCAA this year? No. Was he to Shroud? I, I find talent wise, I guess I'm fine making the argument. Was Stetson Bennett? Absolutely. The hell not. Like, as he, you said, I didn't even see this until you told me. He didn't even finish first or second team all SEC, but he's always been finalist. Are, are, you, are you kidding me? It, it's, it literally just shows, okay, the quarterbacks from, from three of the playoff teams. Like, just, I, I just, I don't understand. The legitimate next player, if you want to choose from, you know, on one of the college football playoff teams, would have been. Blake Corum because he was significantly better than Seth and Bennett than probably anybody in that Georgia offense this year. But nonetheless, we all know Caleb Williams is going to win it. So if they're just going to use this to stupidly promote the college football playoffs, so be it, I guess. 
Yeah, the only problem I have is Stetson Bennett being there in the Heisman. I'm okay with Max Duggan being there. The guy played great all year. I think that, you know, regardless of anyone's list, he's still probably in the top six, top seven players for the Heisman. Um, but, yeah, Stetson Bennett being there is a little bit weird. You talked about Blake Corum. Another guy that I could see being in there, unfortunately the injury, you know, made it so it was nearly impossible for him to reach this. Yeah. But Hendon Hooker, he was off to a absolutely fantastic uh, start to his season, and he got injured late against South Carolina when they dropped the game. So, uh, But he, I, I'd still say he deserves it over Sutton Bennett right now. So. I, I would I would 100% agree. But while we're on this topic, it, it just kind of popped into my head. So I don't know how early the Futures Bats are going to come out for the Heisman Trophy next year. But what I do know is I am betting on every freaking sophomore quarterback at a Power 5 school that there is because we, like it, it's going to be shocking if Caleb Williams doesn't win this. So that's, what, like four years in a row now? So at least three years where a, like, a sophomore uh, quarterback from a Power 5 school ended up winning the Heisman? Yeah. It's been but, crazy. Yeah, it, it's it's so strange how that keeps happening. But um, Caleb Williams 100% deserves it. He was, in my opinion, the best player in college football this year. So he's, he's got that coming for him. We got that money coming for us. Uh, life's good. So what I'm hearing is you're betting on Kaden Hauser to win the Heisman next year for Michigan State. Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> power, power five sophomore quarterback. Uh, is, well, did he get redshirted? Uh, yeah, I think so. Then he's a redshirt freshman. Kick rocks. Oh, uh, actually, let me check then. How about that? <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. if he, if he's if he's a true sophomore, then then maybe I'll dabble. Just maybe I'll dabble. All right. Give me a sec. It's loading. We're gonna check on Kate and Hauser real quick. I don't know how much time I can give you. This is painful. Oh. No. Uh-oh. No. Didn't get redshirted. Doesn't look like. Oh, ho, 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 ho. Okay. It's $1 bet at plus 100 million odds. All right. Sounds good. Yeah, no, he didn't get redshirted. There we go. It's going to be, uh, I, you might as well. I mean, that's going to be huge money if that happened to be the case. Yeah. It, if if, I, if it's even like offered to me, I'll throw like literally a dollar on it just to be like, oh, look, look who was so smart, me. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right, well, let's now talk about some NFL news. Uh, our first topic, the Tennessee GM, I think his name's John Robinson, is that right? He gets fired from the job. Yeah, and a little surprising. I didn't really really see this one coming. I, I they, They've been a solid team. They're not like a dominant team, by any means. You know, they've, they've had a little bit of past success. They won the division a year or two ago, whatever it was, but... I, I'm really, really kind of surprised at this one. Um, I think they made the playoffs every year with him in the position. I, I'm pretty sure he's on the hard mic for able to. So, so all these things combined, it's a little strange. Sure, you know, you had a couple picks that didn't work out, but at the same time, your your draft picks don't work out. You still find ways to you and your coach put a competitive team on the field that that still warrants keeping a job. Yeah, it was a little bit interesting. My only guess would be there's a power struggle between him and Mike Vrabel, and Titans ownership went with Vrabel. And I, I personally think that's the obvious choice as well. Vrabel has been a fantastic coach for quite some time, and he really feels like one of those guys that can hop into a Bill Belichick-type role where he does the roster moves as well as the coaching on field. So, um, we know there is a, a bit of a dispute with those two when A.J. Brown got traded this offseason. Um, 
Traylon Burks in his limited time, and he's been injured a lot this year, but in his limited time has looked solid. Now he's not looking like A.J. Brown is this year, but um, yeah, I agree. There's there's not really any big moves here that warranted a GM firing. It has to come down to the power struggle. That or there's something just completely higher than all this that we just know nothing about. Yeah, that could be it too. Who knows? All right, let's not yeah, talk about two quarterbacks. We got Baker Mayfield, former first overall pick. He gets claimed off of waivers by the LA Rams. This Rams team really not looking great, and they pick up Baker Mayfield, who was just waived by a team that might be as bad, maybe worse, and they don't even have their quarterback situation figured out. So it doesn't look great on paper to me. I mean, we're going to see here in what, like, you know, two and a half, three hours, um, what's going to happen if if he touches the field tonight. And I am very interested to see because, like, you know, how how quickly could he have have learned the playbook and stuff? But nonetheless, Baker's claimed by the Rams. Um, I I really just, I don't think this makes them any better. I don't think it makes them any worse. I think they kind of stay exactly the same. And as a Lions fan, you kind of hope that's the case. You want this to kind of just be. A loss season for the Rams. Maybe they can pick it up next year, get the highest draft pick possible. But I really can't imagine this being any sort of like chain mover. And how the you know the wind changes or how the wind blows, whatever I'm trying to say here, because Baker how the Mayfield, mighty have fallen. Baker Mayfield seen as a solid NFL starter just two seasons ago, and now he gets dethroned in Carolina by Sam Darnold, who after last season, everyone said like, all right, this is, this is it for Sam Darnold. We thought maybe he could have a resurgence on a new team. And he had a great start first three games. He looked fantastic. And then he really fell off the face of the universe. Thought Baker Mayfield would come in, take the starting job from him. Wasn't the case uh, because Sam Darnold currently the starter of the Panthers Baker Mayfield waved and on LA. So I, I think what I've learned through all of this is maybe, you know, if you're a contending team, go trade for Sam Donald, start him for the first three games of the year. Cause he's electric. The first three games of the year last year is the same thing. Remember he had like five rushing touchdowns or whatever crazy it was. Like he was yep. just going off. Um, that, that's really my whole takeaway from this point. Just if, if you're a contending team, you know, your quarterback is like the Kirk cousins. I mean, like, you know, and you're playing in prime time, you know, go, go grab Sam Darnold. He'll put on a show for you. But yeah, I, I just, ca- I kind of, you know, want to just kind of back all everything you said. It's really all what else I would have added. I've got an idea here. Okay. As your team makes the playoffs, just juice your quarterback up with PEDs. Go in the Super Bowl. He'll get suspended for the first four games. Bring in Sam Darnold. He plays the first three. You'll be fine. I'm not going to lie. I don't think that quarterback's going to be very happy with that salary forfeiture. Well, he just won a Super Bowl. Yeah, but then he also just lost like $10 million, depending on who the quarterback is. Oh, darn. $10 million. I'll just have to pocket the rest of my $40 million. I I would still prefer the $10 million. I'm not going to lie. Over a Super Bowl? No. I, how about and the Super Bowl? Well, you probably won't get it because Kirk Cousins without PE no, is not I, I, I very will. good in the Super Bowl. Oh, you would. Uh, yeah, because I, I, I'm an elite quarterback, so I would get it. You don't need, I don't well, need you're taking PEDs right now, Chase. Yeah, well, uh, that's, that's beside the point. That was supposed to be on record. Oh, okay, my bad. 
All right, let's talk about Brock oh. Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, as he takes over for Jimmy Garoppolo there in San Francisco. San Francisco, a team that really, they don't need that quarterback superstar. This team is so well-rounded outside of the quarterback position that I think Brock Purdy coming in, it's really not going to drop their stock much, if any at all. I agree 100%. Mr. Relevant becomes relevant. He kind of has to fill in for this role that his two quarterbacks in front of him, you know, they, they got hurt and, and now they're down. And he honestly looked pretty good in, in that game. Mm-hmm. If you see, I don't know if you've seen all the quotes um, coming out of the locker room, but everyone's saying, you know, he, he's got a big set of balls. That's for sure. He's got some cojones, um, takes a lot of balls as a rookie to to not even look to, um, what's his nuts, Kyle Shanahan and, and just call Tamman on your own. Um, when, when people are talking, and like, threw in the huddle, or when coach talking, he just screams, "Shut your ass up!" Like he, he's, he's honesty. Like he, he's, he's already leading like a veteran quarterback. It sounds like maybe you get to move on from both Jimmy G and Trey Lance here. Maybe Rock Purdy is the answer. Um, I, I think honestly, I was a little worried at first when I saw Jimmy G got hurt. I was like, I, I don't know if how I feel about you know my my Niners bet that I have to go in the Super Bowl. But I kind of feel the same now. Just see him after that game. I, I want to see one more to reassure myself. But yeah, I, I don't feel any different now. Yeah, and Brock Purdy was a guy that after his freshman season in Iowa State, we were talking about maybe he could be in that same conversation as Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence. He had a fantastic freshman season. Uh, Things didn't really go as planned as he continued his college career. But right now, through one game, he looks like a, you know, solid enough quarterback that can uh, get the ball out of his hands and in the hands of his wide receivers, let them make plays. And he's got Christian McCaffrey back there now, too. That's a little insurance where I think if you don't go out and get Christian McCaffrey, Jimmy Garoppolo goes down, Brock Purdy comes in, maybe that's a different situation. But Christian McCaffrey is so dynamic that I think it helps him a lot. The only question I have right now around Brock Purdy and the 49ers is let's say they go up against, I don't know, Dallas, and CeeDee Lamb comes out, drops three touchdowns on their heads in the first you know half. What is he going to do in a shootout? Probably not much, but at the same time with Jimmy G. So I, I don't know, man. Maybe he can because he's got a very similar nickname to, to Nick Foles, and I'm sure you know what that is. Just yep. think of a different word that rhymes with it if you haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, as long as he can kind of you know do what he – like he showed those flashes back in college at points. So if he can translate it a little more and just do a little more consistently, like I think he has the potential to hold up in one of those types of games. I mean, I don't know if you remember – us recording that that episode uh, in the upstairs room of your dad's place in like 90 degree uh like temperature in that room me, me talking about iowa state they're, they're the sleeper this year rock party's the dog they're, they're gonna go through it and then they end up having a horrible year but it, it just showed that brock purdy he had that talent he had that faith once again or at one point and i have it in him once again well hey now that you bring that up uh i've been getting text and tweets just nonstop from the other person we had on that show, and he mentioned that, oh, he chose Georgia to win the national championship, and they did exactly that. And, oh, he chose TCU as his underrated team, and he was just a year too early because now they're in the college football playoffs. And <laughs> I figured I'd just give him a shout. You know, that's the pops. He was on the show yeah what, a year and a half ago now. It was before last year's college season. And, um, yeah, he's trying to tell me that he should be the new co-host and get Chase out of there. Hey, old guy, 
you're too early, you're too late, doesn't matter. That still means you're not on time. Exactly. All right, well, Chase, I do want to quickly ask you a question before we head into our Lions legit category, and that is we got the number one overall pick moving to L.A. We got Mystery Relevant taking over in San Francisco. If you were a GM right now, who would you prefer? I honestly take in the upside of Brock Purdy. I think we've seen everything we're getting out of Baker. All right, I love to see it. Brock Purdy, one game. Baker Mayfield, 67. And we're going with Purdy. We're going with the unknown because we know what Baker is. And I've known for a lot longer than other people. I've always said Baker's not not fantastic by any means. I remember John, when we were playing Fortnite, John Dowell said that Baker Mayfield would be the best quarterback out of this draft class. Not the case. Yikes. But um, when, when Baker was coming out, I'm like, you know, I can understand why a team wants to take him first overall. If you can build around him, like he can be that Jimmy G type where you, you could win because like he is solid enough when, when he's, you know, doesn't have to worry about big comebacks, all that type of stuff. But when he does and he has to try to play hero ball, like he, he just can't do it. And we kind of saw that as rookie year. The team actually played pretty well. Um, and when he came in, he put up some good numbers. And ever since then, it just kind of went downhill because really he doesn't have some just ultra level of talent. So I get at this point, Brock Brock Purdy in, in like in college at one point, like my most faith in him was definitely higher than the most faith I had in Baker. So why wouldn't I take that chance on the upside? Yeah, I feel you for sure. All right, let's now move on, talk about the Lions, and if we believe they're actually legitimate, we don't have the Lions enthusiast on the show. I'm sure we know what he would say. But the Lions in their last five games have four victories. What do you think, Chase? Is this team real? Can they beat the Vikings? They opened up against the Vikings with, uh, what, they were one-and-a-half-point favorites? Yeah, I think the line moved to two-and-a-half now. Uh, I saw Graham tweet on something today where, I don't know if it was everyone, but someone had the Vikings at three-point favorites now. So I don't know if it the line changed overnight, but um, interesting. who knows? Well, First, I can tell you from this game, um, Jalen Rager promised to win for the Vikings, and I'm gonna be honest. If if I want somebody for my team promising victory, it's it's probably not the guy that's gonna play seven snaps. So the Vikings should be a little pissed off by that, and because of that, they're gonna be too distracted at being mad at Jalen Rager, and the Lions are gonna pummel him. But no, no, nonetheless, um, the legit conversation, I I don't know because they look really well, like or look really good. I guess that's a better term. They've been playing well. But we, we saw what they were in those first, you know, eight games. You know, they, they had a solid win. They competed really well, a couple tough games. And I still think that they're just those couple pieces away from being able to be like a true playoff type team. They have an easy enough schedule to finish out the year. Um, really, the Vikings and the Packers are their only like tough challenges. I think they should be able to beat the Jets, the Panthers and the Bears just fine. Um, and the Packers aren't even that strong with team. It's just going to Lambeau that late in the year is always tough. So there's a, there's an outside chance they can squeak in the playoffs here. If they can win out or even potentially just drop one game, like they, they can squeak in. And I think it'd be a bit of a fluke because, let's face it, none of us kind of expected this right now. The, the defense is still a bit weak in a couple spots that are lacking. Um, guys are really stepping up, playing kind of above their, their expected play. But I, I just I just don't think it's, it's sustainable with the current roster. I, I, I think 
after another draft, maybe another free agency, they, they could kind of be in that conversation of, all right, now they're a legit playoff team, but there's still just like something missing. Yeah, and it's tough because right now they're sitting two games back from the the current last seed in the NFC because of the tie that the Giants and the Commanders saw, which is tough. So but, annoying. Um, gosh, I don't know. It's it's hard not to want to root for these this team because of what they're doing and how they're doing it. I mean, they got some great characters on there like Amon Ross St. Brown. I'm excited to see what Jamison Williams has in store. We didn't see him at all last week. Uh, cap, cap, he had one target. Yeah, and didn't catch it, so. Yeah, it was kind of a tough. Uh, I would have been shocked if he caught that ball. So, would like to see what he can do. Jared Goff has been surprisingly really good this year, uh, and that's part of the reason why the Lions have the sixth-ranked scoring offense. However, on the other side of the coin, they still have the last-place scoring defense. So... They're giving up a and lot of points. I, a, a lot of that is from their play early in the year. Like, you know, having the highest running Vikings game, having the shootout with, with the, uh, with the Seahawks, like th- those type of things happen. And those kind of skew those numbers a little bit. They've been playing a lot better recently. You know, that Jags game was a really good statement game. That was like, okay, we're, we're you know, we're, we're not, we're not here to, like, to, to just kind of sit back and just take another year and then tr- tr- you know try to push next year. We're here to make a statement. We're here to at least show that, you know, we're we're, we're going to compete. We're, we're going to do our best to beat the hell out of you. And if you're not ready, we will beat the hell out of you. That's kind of what happened with the Jags. And I think at this point, they're not really going to catch teams off guard anymore. But I think for, you know, that like a stretch of five games, at least a couple times they caught teams off guard. I mm-hmm. think everyone's kind of aware now and maybe game plan a little different, a little better. But if golf does continue to play that well, who knows? Like he he's looking, he's looking strong. When does your opinion change to okay, this Lions team might actually be a playoff team this year, and who knows? They might be able to get their first playoff win in over two decades. When they make the playoffs. Okay. If they don't make the playoffs, then I'll be, they're not a playoff team. I'm, I'm going to concede they're really not currently a playoff team until they earn that playoff spot because, like, it's – they're just such an outside chance of it happening. Yeah, like the year started so, so slow. It, it just, it would, it's so difficult. So if they go on a roll here, maybe going into that last game at Lambeau field, I'd be like, all right, this, this is a playoff worthy team. And if the giants and commanders didn't tie, then it'd be a better position, blah, blah, blah. But until we get to at least that point, they have to win out. Maybe I'll say in week 18, or if they just let out make playoffs, then I'll say it. All right, Chase, I want to ask now this, uh, do you think the lions are building to beat the chiefs? I, 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 I don't know. I think, <laughs> okay. I don't know why are you asking this specifically. I think they're just, I think they're just kind of building to just be relevant, not be a, be a basement dweller. I, I think it's all I don't think they're trying to beat one team or another or another, but like, you know, they're, they're, they're just, just building to compete. Yeah. And at this point, I don't think they would be building to beat the chiefs, but there's a lot of talk that teams in the AFC, especially upper echelon teams, such as the dolphins, the bills, these are teams that are building to beat the Chiefs. They're doing things that they know will be able to give them an edge over Kansas City, and the Kansas City Chiefs have been that top team for quite some time. But I would argue that at this point, as we continue to move forward, we're no longer building to beat the Chiefs. We're building to beat the likes of the Bills and the Bengals because Uh, this year the Chiefs are 0-2, 
against the Bills and the Bengals. And when you look at the calendar year as a whole, they are 1-1 one and one against the Bills with the one victory over the Bills being one of the best games of all time happening in playoffs and in overtime when the Chiefs were able to finally put away the Bills. But against the Bengals, they are 0-3 in this calendar year. So I would argue that teams aren't building to beat the Chiefs anymore, and they don't need to be building to beat the Chiefs anymore because there's better teams out there. So are, are the Bengals building to beat the Browns then since they can't do that? You know, you know what I mean? Uh, no, they're not. They just take the ping pong tables out of the locker room so that they can focus up because this week they are are beating the Browns because they are going up against um, a, a not-so-great person at quarterback. It doesn't mean he's not a talented quarterback. Oh, uh, well, I, last I, week he wasn't very talented. Yeah, it's been a little while since he threw a ball. But I I, I still have, have faith in Bengals. I, I obviously do support the Bengals, and I think they're a very strong team. And I get the argument. The, the thing is, though, Patrick Mahomes is still the one-on-one quarterback currently playing in the league. Like he, He's just the the top dog. Like he, he's got this unbelievable talent where he can just take over a game at any point. I mean, we saw him in, in that Super Bowl loss. It, if his team was even semi-competent, they were winning that game because some of the throws that he was making, is all that receivers had to do was go and make a play, and they would have caught it. If his offensive line would have been not five guys they picked up off the street, then maybe he would have been able to get you know delivered ball a little more downfield. It's not because of the whole Chiefs roster. It's all because of Patrick Mahomes. And maybe they're not like the top dogs anymore, but still, when it comes to you know preparing your defense, you have to prepare completely different um, than most teams when you're going against Patrick Mahomes because of how dynamic he is and going against Travis Kelsey because of how dynamic he is. So, you know, it's it's just like every opponent. You're, you're still game planning to beat your opponent, and I still think the Chiefs are at least one of those you know top two to three teams in the league where you got to game plan a little extra. So does that mean Lou Anarumo is the best coordinator in football right now? I don't even know who that is. Defensive coordinator for the Cincinnati Bengals. Been able to keep Patty Mahomes limited for quite some time. This past game, Patty Mahomes and the Chiefs offense, only 223 passing yards. I think that's the lowest on the season for the Chiefs. Interesting. Yeah. And you know what's funny is two years ago, I was calling for Lou Anarumo's head. And now he's your favorite person on the planet, eh? Uh, Not my favorite person on the planet, but I do got to say that I think it came down to not really having the personnel at first that the team and the defense looked so horrid. Um, He got the personnel in, and now there's even guys that, you know, are no names to most people. Uh, I know them, obviously, but are no names to most people, and he's helped them become, you know, a, a real unit and be phenomenal together. So it's been interesting to see this development out of Lou Anarumo, a guy that I was not a fan of quite some time ago. Yeah, they're they're playing great as a unit, and hats off to him for figuring that out. And even the the talent, it's I just still don't think it's like like there, there's some great players, but it's not some absolutely just elite group. So he's he's definitely doing a good job coaching up the team, and guys are kind of you know, overachieving a bit, but mm-hmm. there is still some talent. Um, I, I think if they can add another guy or two as well, really just kind of beef up the team. Just that you don't even have to, it's not like just necessarily some, some super, you don't know, you don't know. You don't need to get like a Von Miller type of player, Nick Bosa type player in your life. Just, just, you know, someone to help compliment that, that D line, someone to help compliment the linebacker group, someone help to compliment that DB group. If you can get those, then they have the potential to be like an elite, elite defense. And what's crazy is Jesse Bates, again, having somewhat of a down year. I 
don't expect to see him in Cincinnati next year, unfortunately. We know he wants a lot more money than the Bengals were offering this offseason. But now with even diminished play this year, not likely that the Bengals actually offer unless he's bringing his price way down. So defense still performing pretty solid. But Chase, let's now go to our top 10 quarterbacks. Uh, and I will say this is for the rest of the season. So you do got to take into account how they're playing up to this point and then who you want, you know, going forward. So I'm not going to say, you know, what quarterback do you want to start a 10-year franchise with because a totally different list obviously would come out of that. Uh, so for the rest of the year, top 10 quarterbacks, what are you thinking? Well, as I said, my, my one-on-one Patrick Mahomes still going with Patty Mahomes. I mean, he's he's just different. Even if he's having a down year, I'm still going to take him at the one-on-one. He needs to have like five down years before I start thinking, okay, maybe not. He, he's just he's just that dude. He's good. Do you want me going through like a whole top 10 or are we going one, one by one here? Yeah, you can go through your whole top 10. All right. I, my, for this year, like my, my number two, this could be just a product of, of the way the team's built, but Jalen Hurts has... He's looked really strong as a thrower. He's obviously a tremendous runner. It's it's hard to game plan for him because you don't know what he's going to do. But I, I'm honestly really surprised. I n- never thought he was like a, you know, a great thrower. He he was solid. He could get it done at the college level, maybe at a backup level in the NFL. But I was always a little concerned because I didn't think it was anything you know overwhelming. But it looks a lot different this year. He's got some real playmakers around him. I know that helps, but it's it's hard to say hard to say you can't take him at the moment. Number three, I, I'm going Joe Burrow. Joe's been playing great ever since that, you know, four pick game in game one. He said he's never doing that again. And he sure shit has not because he is playing absolutely fantastic. He's playing some great ball. I didn't have Jamar Chase for a while. Now that Jamar Chase is back, you're going to see him put up some even better numbers. Number four, even though he's kind of slowed down the last like five, six weeks, whatever it's been, Josh Allen is still that type of guy. Similar to Patrick Mahomes who can just explode, take over a game at any moment. So even though I have him down a, a bit lower, I still, Still think he is that type of dude who maybe next week I see him look better and all of a sudden he's he's at number two behind Mahomes. So I'm at, I'm at four now, correct? Just want to make sure I'm not missing yep. anything. So number five, this is where things get a little different for me. You know, I, I would love to say Justin Herbert just because, you know, Justin Herbert's that dude. Like he, he's got a lot of talent, but it's just it's just not going great there in LA. Is is that because of Justin Herbert? Is that just, you know, the way things are going? It's hard to tell. I don't think he's playing bad ball, but like it's it's been you know a little less efficient than I want it to be. So I'm probably like he's going to be on this list still, but I'll probably go somewhere else for now. And honestly, probably my number five at this point is weird as it's to say. I might take, might take Gino. I mean, I'm not going to take him long term. I'm not going to take him for you know five plus years, but he's doing everything you can ask for him or ask of him. I, no one expected the Seahawks to be a competing team this year. No one expected the Broncos to be such a flop of a team. So they have Geno Smith playing well. They also get a top pick out of it. What a win for a deal for them. But he really is playing just fantastic ball. I don't know how you can stray away from him. Number six, you know, look, gosh, I, I guess I'll go Tua at the number six spot. Um, it's He started off absolutely electric, slowed down a little bit, still playing like very strong ball. He's got a lot of talent around him, too. I mean, when, when you look at Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill, that helps out a bunch, but he definitely is playing a lot better. Um, you know, credit goes to him. I was a bit lower on him coming into the draft process. Still thought he'd be a solid QB, but right now he's kind of exceeded my expectations. So that's cool to see. 
number seven, I'm going Justin Herbert finally now because um, he still is like playing solid at the end of the day. Just going to be playing a little bit better. His team could be helping him out a bit more, but still, still got so much talent. I, I don't see a world where you, you can have him outside of like the top eight on this list with the quarterbacks in the league, even if he is, you know, comparatively him and his team having a bit of a down year. Um, I just want to confirm is that seven, correct? Yep. All right. I, I, I would love to say what I say. I would love to have Lamar Jackson higher as well, but like, I, I don't know how he's going to get a play. I don't know if he's going to be out this week, next week. So for now, I'm going to leave him off the list. So that leaves a couple interesting names. And honestly, number eight, I'm, I'm going with Jared Goff. It's, it's, it's crazy to say, but he's playing really well recently. The offense is just rolling and a lot of it's due to him. He, he looks very strong. He looks like a guy that, okay, maybe the Lions need to hold on to him. Uh, there's a couple stretches where it's like, okay, dude, that's a horrible throw. Like what, what read is that? But like the last few weeks, it's just been great read great throws. Um, just really kind of carrying this team on his shoulders. So that's cool to see. I got to go Kirk Cousins at number nine. As long as we're not playing in prime time, I should say, as long as we got one o'clock games the rest of the year, Kirk Cousins is, is a lock to go here because super talented dude, smart guy. Um, when the pressure's not on him, he he can really roll. When this prime time pressure gets on him, he absolutely crumbles. So keep him in the one o'clock slot, and Kirk Cousins will roll. And to round out my list, I will put Tom Brady in there, even though he looked horrendous in the last game, leaving a bit of a bad taste in my mouth. Maybe I'm sliding him a little too much because he still is the goat. He still is an incredible football player, and they're like two and one or something like that in the last three games after a bit of a struggle, some start. He had that great comeback at the end of the game, but the rest of the game he did look kind of terrible. So I guess he'll round up my top 10. Pretty similar top 10. Um, we've got two differences, and uh, I'll just start at the top. Number one, I got Patrick Mahomes as well. Number two, I've got Joe Burrow. Number three, Josh Allen. Number four, Jalen Hurts. Number five, Tua Tungavaloa, number six, Geno Smith, number seven, Tom Brady, number eight, Justin Herbert, number nine, Lamar Jackson, and number 10, Dak Prescott. The only difference is, is Lamar and Dak for Kirk Cousins and Jared Goff. I think as of right now, uh, Kirk Cousins, Jared Goff playing more consistent, and I was thinking more, give me the upside down the stretch of Lamar and Dak. That's really the only differences we have. And I think both are reasonable perspectives. So if I knew for sure that Lamar was just out this week, because there's a potential it could be a, like longer. If it's just out this week, I would have him in this top 10. But if he misses multiple weeks and you, you just don't have a quarterback there anymore, you know, it's kind of hard to win without a quarterback. So that's, that's why I'm like, ah, I don't know where to put him in there. But if he was in that list for me, I – Got to imagine I put him just below Gino at this point. Yeah, and we actually had pretty similar lists. Uh, I'm surprised you didn't have Herbert a little bit higher because a lot of people still absolutely infatuated with Justin Herbert. And the thing that I love is, I don't know if you've been on Twitter, Chase, or, or really following it, but Emmanuel Acho, he has come out and said Justin Herbert is a social media quarterback talking about how he would prefer Tua over Justin Herbert in their current states. Um, he went on the Colin Coward show recently, I think it was either yesterday or earlier today, and said that at this point, we got to start blaming Justin Herbert a little bit because he is currently second in losses since the start of 2020, only behind Matt Ryan. People blamed Mario Cristobal when he was at Oregon. 
People blame the coaching change in year one for him, and now people are blaming Brandon Staley, which I think is is definitely ex- acceptable because I don't like Brandon Staley. But he said that there needs to be more um, pointing the finger at Justin Herbert. Yes, he's talented. Yes, he is just a, a supreme athlete, supreme arm. But he's not getting the wins, and at some point you got to start pointing the fingers at Justin Herbert. And, you know, I, I get that. Like, I, I understand. But at the same time, I mean, he's still fourth in passing yards. He's 10th in completion percentage of guys that have started, you know, substantial amount of games. He's got 20 touchdowns on the year, only seven turnovers. Um, his, you know, his quarterback rating is a 92.3. Like, all this is, is very solid numbers. And it's really not as much on him than it is his team, I think. Like, he had horrible injuries, you know, with, with Keenan Allen not playing in the first, like, of 11,000 weeks of the year, Michael Williams being out for a while. And like, you know, Josh Palmer's talented, but when DeAndre Carter, your next dude up, it's kind of, kind of hard to, to win that way. Gerald Everett missing some time. So his offense, you know, really was just lacking. And I, I don't want to say it's time to start blaming him because I, I don't think we're at that point. It's more on injuries and me still not liking Brandon Staley as a coach. So I saw a comparison that I thought was pretty cool. It said Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. These are quarterbacks you watch when you want to see a fantastic quarterback. Joe Burrow is a quarterback you watch if you want to learn how to be a fantastic quarterback because they play. I wonder why you like that. They play so differently. Burrow doesn't have the arm of Josh Allen. Burrow doesn't have the athleticism of Justin Herbert and Josh Allen and you know, he doesn't have the crazy, weird arm angles of Patrick Mahomes. There's a bunch of different things that these guys can do a lot better than Joe Burrow. But Joe Burrow is getting it done on another level. He is currently, I think, second in MVP voting. The guy's fantastic. He's getting wins. And everyone talks about how wins is not a quarterback stat. And I know you're one of those as well, Chase. But at some point there has to be some type of connection because the Bengals absolutely horrible before Joe Burrow comes. Joe Burrow comes in. They're now winning. They made the Super Bowl last year. Also, on like any stat website you go to, if you go look for the quarterback, it'll say how many games started they have and what their record is in that time frame. It doesn't say that for wide receivers. So I, I know you're going to disagree, but... There has to be a connection between quarterback and wins. Has to be. I'm on NFL.com and does not have anything about record next to these NFL. quarterbacks. NFL.com is the worst website ever. So it's it's the official website of, of the National Football League. So I just want, want to point that. ESPN, out. Pro Football Dude, Reference, really anything. Okay. No, la, 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 la. Sorry. Just, just <laughs> quoting your computer. Thank you. <laughs> Continue, please. It's just so funny how we talked about during the show or before the show. We didn't want that to happen. And everything but, was muted, but ESPN, they like to really clown on the show over here. They do. It's very funny. Um. Oh, I guess. Okay. So back back to the Bengals. Yeah. Joe Burrow is a, you know, a transcendent NFL quarterback. He is that Tom Brady-esque kind of leader and passer. But at the same time, it's not just because, oh, Joe Burrow's out here just dominating, completely carrying the team. It's obviously a big part, but. Joe Mixon, even though he is having a down year, he's still a veteran running back. He, he's still someone that you can trust enough in, when, you know, in some certain situations. 
He's got a, a great receiving core. When Tyler Boyd's your third receiver, you know, you're, you're doing all right. The offensive line is significantly improved, and the defense is much better in previous years, too. So it's not like it's just Joe Burrow elevating this team. The whole team got better around him. And the Chargers, like, I, I think it's all the pieces are there. But the team is just notorious for getting injured. I think they might need to fire their medical staff, change their, their field. I don't know. But if he had a full, if his roster was fully healthy, and the Bengals roster was fully healthy. So I think the Bengals would be a better team, but I think both teams would be locked in loaded playoff teams. So if we did a redraft right now for the next 15 years, who are you taking as your top three quarterbacks? Just in general? Yeah. Next 15 uh, years, you've got the first, second, and third overall pick, but you want quarterback at all three. <laughs> that, that would that'd be unique. <laughs> um, could you imagine just like how... Um, like when, when the Ravens, they had Lamar as a rookie, they would have Joe Flacco out there randomly use Lamar. If you could just do that with, with three quarterbacks, that'd be great. Yeah. But it, with these three that I'm going to say, especially Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Joe Burrow, if you could do it with those three, I mean, that'd be fun. I mean, at let's just break that down for a second. I feel like if it's like a, a third and medium to third and long, like third and three to the third in, I don't know, 14 range. I feel like that's a Joe Burrow territory. He'll diagnose the defense, find where the holes are. But if you're looking at like a a third and 30, you're definitely going to go one of the others. Maybe a Josh Allen because you need that big play. Maybe Pat Mahomes is your just natural starter. I'm trying trying to think how I would want this to break down. Right? I Yeah, that's, that's fair. Like, I like if, if Patrick Mahomes would be listed as my starter. Patrick Mahomes would be the guy that you'd use in hero ball. Patrick Mahomes would be the guy that I would use, especially on second down, no matter the situation. I would use him between the twenties with without a doubt. I mean, really, even with, with within your own twenties, still would use him. Um, and then those situations where it's a little more shorter yardage. Um, yeah, Joe Burrow's great, but you put Josh Allen out there in the red zone. Uh, you, you let him get those rushing attempts because he's such a dual threat. He's also got great ball placement as of recent these last couple of years. So he can still be an effective thrower in the red zone too, but it, it would, it would be interesting. It really would be, be something to see. I want to, I want this to happen now. Uh, only difference I would have is Burrow above Allen, but it's a good top Elbozo. three. It's a good top three. Yeah, it, it is very good. All right. Let's now move on to our power rankings. Um, Top 10, again, feel free, Chase. Just go 1 through 10 there. So at this point, I mean, how do you not have the Eagles at number one? I mean, there's a real chance that that they were going to end up finishing the year as un, an undefeated team. Obviously, that's like an outside chance, but they were, they were showing those signs that maybe they could have done it. So the Eagles sit atop my power rankings at number one. Number two, you know, there's another double-digit win team out there, but they're they're not going to be that team. I have the Bills currently at number two, you know, nine and three, playing very well. Uh, Josh Allen is that dude. I think he's going to find himself. You know, he's struggling a little bit, but I think it's going to get back to normal. No problems, no issues. Number three, I'm going to take the Cincinnati Bengals just because of how much faith I have in that team, uh, how much faith I have in Joe Burrow, how much faith I have in them just kind of circling back after that rough start. Number four, I finally will go the Minnesota Vikings because they still have 10 wins. You can't really just leave them off this list or put them too far down this list like I want to. Number five, I'm going to go with the San Francisco 49ers. Even with Brock Purdy at quarterback, everything else on that team 
is just perfect. You're not really getting much better on the league. That's, there's no more well-rounded team than the 49ers. So even though Brock Purdy's no Jimmy Garoppolo or even Trey Lance, he's still a good enough quarterback to help that team kind of move on and, and get to the next step. Number seven, I'm going to go with the Cowboys. Six. What's that? You're on six. Number six, six. Good call. Good call. I, I just, I didn't write, I didn't write down numbers for anything. So six, I'm going to go with the Cowboys. And even though it's not a team, I have a lot of, faith in and can't really trust when it comes to playoffs. They're kind of like the Toronto Maple Leafs of, of the NFL. They're a strong regular season team. They do, they do well, but playoff time comes and it just doesn't work out for them. And I think it's the same kind of case. Like they're, they're still a team that you got to worry about in the regular season. Uh, most teams will not want to play against them, but I don't have faith in them to say, Oh, they're going to be locked loaded in the playoffs. Number seven, Miami Dolphins. Tua is obviously playing above expectations. We talked about their receiving core is awesome between Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, the team stepped up pretty well as a group. Um, now that the running back core is a little bit better as well, it really makes them feel like much more of a threat. Number eight, the Baltimore Ravens. I re- oh wait, I haven't put the Chiefs on this list, did I? No. Yeah, I just, I just realized that. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna backtrack a little bit here. Um, th- so the, the the Chiefs are are gonna are gonna be my my number three team. Uh, so just just let let you know that now. So now this puts me at eight, correct? Yeah. Okay, so I don't know how I don't know how I missed that. That's kind of funny. <laughs> wait, wait, let's go through them again. So you would have the Eagles one, the Bills two, yes. the yes. Chiefs three, Chiefs three, the Bengals four, the Vikings five, yes, the um forty nine or six, six, seven would be then the Cowboys. Yeah. Okay. So then, so then eight would be the Ravens. Yes, perfect. Okay, so eight eight's the Ravens and. If Lamar is going to be out long term or like multiple weeks, it's kind of concerning. But if he misses one week, you know they'll be fine. They can recover uh, after a potential one loss. They're just he's just so dynamic that it's hard to kind of go against him. Now this is this is where you know I have a few more questions at this point. Um, who I want is my number nine, number ten teams. I I kind of you know like I I kind of want to keep drinking the Seahawks Kool Aid because like they they've looked. Relatively well. I mean, Geno Smith has the best completion percentage in the league. He's been one of the most efficient quarterbacks. You know, there's MVP conversation for him earlier in the year. So the Seahawks are that team at the number nine spot. I've, it, I'm really rooting for them to continue rolling the way they are because it's been a ton of fun. Um, it's been super exciting to kind of it's kind of the Lions situation where they are a team that was kind of you know counted out a little bit, playing above expectations, and the team that they made a trade with um, to trade their franchise quarterback is struggling, and they get some high draft capital too. So it's potentially two franchises that could really work out in their favor. Um, but you know, as of right now, I'll put them in the ninth spot. And then my tenth team, I'm going to end up with the uh, excuse me, I was just choking a little bit there with the Tennessee Titans. Um, Derrick Henry is, is enough of a running back to just. Kind of carry a team to win, especially December. Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry in the cold weather just dominates. Mike Vrabel's one hell of a coach. I, I just, I, I don't have much faith in them being like a Super Bowl type team again. But I think that they're gonna safely win the division, and make playoffs. Very, very different power rankings here between the two of us. Um, I do got to say though, real quick, Ian Rappaport said, "Think we will see a bit of Baker tonight because Baker Mayfield on the field warming up." Wolford is not out there for warmups. So, oh, that's that sucks. Likely we see Baker tonight, but uh, yes, very different power rankings. I'll just go through mine really quick, and then uh, if you just want to question me or we want to talk about specific teams, we can do that. So, sure. number one, the Cincinnati Bengals. 
Uh, I will say oh the God. reason I've got the Bengals at number one is because number one last week for me and number two now is the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, number three, the San Francisco 49ers. Number four, the Buffalo Bills. Number five, the Philadelphia Eagles. Number six, Dallas wow. Cowboys. Number seven, Miami Dolphins. Number eight, the Baltimore Ravens. Number nine, the Minnesota Vikings. And number 10, the New York Jets. Stop. Stop. The I New knew you were going to have them in your freaking list. Football Jets, baby. You're going to have them in your list. They're frauds. They're absolute frauds. Top. Mike White is not that dude. Top five Zach defense. Wilson's definitely not that dude. Top five defense. The quarterback position has gotten better uh, than it has in the past. And uh, also, my biggest fear was the running game with Brees Hall going down, James Robinson looking like trash. But, oh, yeah, Zonovan Knight has looked fantastic up to this point, and Michael Carter is coming back healthy. So this is a team that, yes, I don't think their ceiling is up there with some of the others, but they have gotten better at their worst position, quarterback. So how does a team that is doing this well go down with a better quarterback? You'll see when they play the Lions. Don't worry. Okay. I'm honestly surprised how high you have the Niners there. Um, that, that was that, that that was a little bit surprising. Um, whoever you had at number six or seven, that kind of shocked me too. Uh, six, the Cowboys. Seven, the Dolphins. Who would you have a five and eight? I feel like there's someone else I'm missing. Five was the Eagles. Oh yeah, the Eagles. Uh, they eat, like they're eleven and one. I don't I don't care what you what you think. They they are truly finding ways to win, and they have really been strong on the field. So to have them that low, like. I, I I disagree. And I, I really if I had a bet right now, I'd say the Jets don't like playoffs. So put them in my top ten. I, I couldn't do that. Did you not tell me last week that the 49ers are the team you would bet on to make it out of the NFC? I would, but that was before Jimmy G got hurt. And I still believe in Brock Purdy. I do, but I need to see it at least one more week before I can get back to that. Like it's it's still a little premature. See, I don't think Jimmy G is that great of a quarterback, and I think unless Brock Purdy comes out and he's a turnover machine, which he didn't look like he was in his first game, then this 49ers team is going to be just fine. And the Eagles, yes, they have the best record, but does the Stanley Cup, or excuse me, does the President's Trophy signal who the Stanley Cup winner is? Not usually. 25% of the time. Uh, the Eagles, they're playing well. Yes, they are. They're 11-1. and one. Fantastic. Jalen Hurts playing super well. But I think the Bengals beat them. I think the Chiefs beat them. I think the 49ers beat them. And I think the Bills beat them. That's why they're number five for me. You know what's crazy? We're going to see in the Super Bowl because, I mean, potentially in the Super Bowl. Because if, as long as they can beat the Niners, like, I think their track to that is pretty easy. Or path to that, I should say. I'm surprised you didn't have the Dolphins. Go ahead and talk to Johnny on this one. I have the Dolphins on my list. No, you didn't. Yeah, I did. I said Miami after um, the hell did I have? Your your list no, no. your list was Eagles, um, yeah. Eagles, Bills, Chiefs, Bengals, Minnesota, San Francisco, Dallas, um, Baltimore. I think you said, and then 
Who was your Who was your nine? I know Tennessee was your ten. I had Miami above. Um, what's it called? The Cowboys. Maybe we just skipped them on accident. I, I don't, don't know. know if you did. Well, they they are above the Cowboys for me, so I maybe maybe we skipped that. Maybe you missed it. I don't know. Okay. Interesting. So, what does that put the Dolphins at? What number would that be? That was seven, correct? Okay, because I had them at seven as well. So, very good. I think that yeah. the only teams you see come out of the AFC: Bengals, Chiefs, Bills. I think the Dolphins and the Ravens can be put in the same category if Lamar is healthy. Uh, two teams that For sure. I, I think will be competitive, but they definitely should not be the favorites coming out of the AFC. Um, and then the NFC, I think you probably have three teams as well, but I personally have the 49ers a tier above. Um, so 49ers alone, and then the Eagles and the Cowboys are my um, next two teams there that would be there. Like as well as the Vikings have done, I still don't fully believe in them. And and the only two teams the NFC I can believe in right now are the um what's it called the Niners and the Eagles. And I would love for the Niners to. I'd love for Brock Purdy to play well. So if the if they show out this week, then I'm ready to say it that the that maybe they'll overtake the Eagles. But for now, I just I, I can't not say the Eagles have a better team. Yeah, and I can't bet on the Vikings if they're gonna be underdogs to the Detroit Lions. Yeah, it's just not gonna happen, you know. Yeah, that's that. That remind me. I wanted wanted to pull it up. So keep talking whenever you're talking. Going to talk about because I want to pull it up um, in my sports book. See if that's really the case. Because I don't now. like when I looked recently. It was like yesterday the day before. I don't think that was the case to say that the Vikings were favorites, like you mentioned earlier. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. My power rankings exactly how I said it. I think that even though teams are playing well right now, like the Eagles, eleven and one, I. I just look at my power rankings as who would beat who, not as in who's got the best record. Because if it's just who's got the best record, then it's not even a power rankings. It's just the standings. So well, that's that's fine. But mine wasn't just the best record. No, either. no, I, I know. I'm not saying that. Uh, I'm just trying. I, to I, I think you are saying that. I think you're saying, saying that you hate me. Perspective to the fans at home that might be shocked by my list as well. Um, and I wouldn't have the Bengals at number one if this was last week. They might have been, you know, four or five, but the Chiefs were my number one, and the Bengals went out and beat them. So I so, still think the Chiefs would beat the 49ers and the Bills. Maybe the Chiefs should just be five or six, then. That's all, that's all I'm saying. Um, but the Lions are still one and a half point favorites on BetMGM. Yeah. Another reason why I can't be betting on the Vikings. That's just so funny to say. Absolutely. All right. Well, that's going to do it for the show. Unless you have any more gripes that you want to bring up. Uh, not really. Um, no, I just trying to think of of something. Oh, wait, you know, I do have something. Okay. Not a gripe. Just free money for the listeners. Absolutely. Take the Texans to cover the now 17 and a half point spread. It was just 17. Now they're even giving a half point. Take that. Just lock it in. Just spend money. However much you buy, if you if you place twenty bucks, you know you get almost twenty bucks back. You can spend that forty dollars, just assuming that you already made that money because it's locked and loaded. Locked and loaded, he says. Um, I would, but again, you know, Chase, I don't have any spending money on that app yet. Once the Heisman goes to Caleb Williams, I'll have some more spending money in that app. But uh, I agree, it feels like a lock. But the Cowboys have been really good on offense, so. 
But how many teams can win by like 30 like they did that go back and do it again the next week? It's so hard to do that in the NFL, no matter how bad a team is or how good a team is. It's just so hard to do. That's such a large spread. It's one of the largest I've ever seen in the NFL. I'm going to take that every time. And to be fair, this might be taking a shot, but the current day Colts might be worse than the Texans. So (laughs) I, I, I... I don't, I don't, I don't want to have that conversation. And that's, that's, and that's who the Cowboys hung the freaking fifty-four points on, thirty-three in the fourth quarter. That 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 was, you don't understand. Wait, with Tony Pollard kept scoring, I was yelling because I had a, a touchdown score parlay where Zeke was the only. Everything else hit. Zeke was just the last guy I needed to score. I was yelling, yelling, yelling. And then when I heard the crowd chanting Zeke and they put him in in the red zone, I'm like, oh, he's getting in. This is this is great. I kind of relaxed a little bit, and sure enough, he got in. It felt like the weight of the world came off my shoulders. I, that would stink for anyone who was playing against Tony Pollard in fantasy. Yeah, he was that you? No, no, I luckily. Oh, okay, because it, it seems like anytime that, t- that tends to happen, you you happen to face that team. But he did have quite the week. And looking back on that, final, 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 final thing here, in Johnny's dynasty league, I traded Tony Pollard for twenty four first and something else. I mean, right now, I'm assuming Tony Pollard's going to walk in free agency. Cause I, I really don't know if they're going to, um, you know, like, what what the hell is the word I'm looking for? I don't know if, I don't know if, the, if they're going to, like, keep him protected, if they're going to, you know, make him an RFA. But if, if they don't and he walks, he's probably going to get a decent payday and get a chance to be, like, a workload type of guy. So maybe, maybe I lost a deal. Or maybe I won. I guess we'll kind of see you next year. Yeah, sure will. All right, well, that's going to do it for the show. Thank you so much for coming out and giving it a listen. If you want to stay up to date with all that we do, you can follow us on Twitter at WNP Sports Pod. That's, again, on Twitter at WNP Sports Pod. If you're listening on YouTube or watching on YouTube, if you could please give us a like, comment, subscribe. Let us know your top 10 quarterbacks. Let us know your top 10 in the power rankings. I'd love to hear down below. And also hit the bell to turn on notifications. It'll let you know whenever we come out with a new episode. If you're listening on a podcast platform, if you could please give us a follow and a five-star rating, we would absolutely love you for it. Thanks so much for coming out. And as always, we're not professionals. We're not professionals.